All right. Okay. And hey, thanks for joining us again on the Cosmic Car Wash podcast. I'm Paul Daly. This is my good friend, Rick Kaiser. Hello, everybody. We are uh, your co-hosts. So however long you decide to stick with this, these are the faces you're going to be staring at. <laughs> and lucky you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, it's been a good year. Um, Amy and I are a little behind schedule. Uh, so as you can see, there's some Merry Christmas, some Home for the Holidays. <laughs> but uh, leave it up. Yeah, we just keep it going, you know. January is kind of a bleak month in southwest Michigan. It's even if it's not cold, it's just kind of gray. So keeping Christmas in the house helps to kind of boost our mood. So I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, today, talking about proximity. And uh, I love this. This is something, Rick, that you uh, started talking about and uh, not a new concept by any means, but, you know, something that uh, has been a focus for you and it's kind of become a focus for us over the last uh, couple months. And I mean, I think really since, you know, learning about the GR and the different uh, way of looking at life, you know, that's not fear-based and fear-mongering, right. um, you know, we have come to realize that God is a good, good father. Yes, he is. Um, and very he's very, very kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we just want to be close to God. Yeah. So this is something, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe since, uh, since you were the one that kind of started this language for me, I'd love to hear, you know, how it came up for you and, you know, what it means to you. All right, I'll do my best. Yeah. Yeah, um, some time ago, like you said, several months ago, uh, and I, it wasn't some great revelation that I stumbled upon during my, you know, moments on the mountaintop of deep introspection <laughs> and, and sitting with Moses, Elijah, and the Lord. Uh, no, nope. It's... Uh, it came out of, uh, well, I mean, you and I have been doing devotions now for over five years. Mm -hmm. And we started our podcasts way back, what, like two years or so? It's been a we, couple of years, yeah. Yeah, we did the Worry Poets Four Corners podcast, and then we kind of morphed into uh, Cosmic Car Wash. <clears throat> so you and I have been on this journey for some time. We've been friends for twenty over 25 years and, and uh, kind of helped each other along the way and you know in our walk with christ and and so um i i'm getting scattered now i um the more that we have done this the closer that i have been finding myself getting to the lord to where i know when i'm close yeah i know his presence and and every day i take that time i get up early at 5 30 every morning and and i spend some time in the word and in prayer and really try to connect and my concern and we talked about this too for some time is is it becoming religious calisthenics you know yeah where it's yeah it's like brushing your teeth or you know hitting the gym and you check check it off and you get a little star yay look what i did all week i loved jesus more than you did you know and, and um, so I found myself, you know, through the week, I have the time to myself. And um, 
And then on the weekends, there's always something, whether, you know, my little trio was playing out around the lake or traveling with my wife or just, you know, people coming to stay. So there was always that cutting into that time or, or we would go away. And I would still do my devotions and everything, but I found my uh, connection was being lost, was diminishing. And really mm -hmm. what happened was, I would, you know, for a uh, more than a handful of times, I would come home on Monday, you know, Monday morning, get up, start that routine again after being gone. And um, I would finish my devotion and I would go to pray and realize I had not really talked to God for three or four days. Mm -hmm. And I would just really feel this gut check. And uh, the last time that that happened, I kind of resolved, made a resolve like, Lord, this is, I don't like this feeling because you didn't move. I did. Yeah. And um, so that's kind of that word of proximity. And that's kind of how that developed in me. And so I really started making a concerted effort, no matter where I was, who, you know, who I was with, even if there was people around sitting in an airport, I would just close my eyes and talk to him. Yeah. You know, and just have that conversation and talk with him and connect. And so that's where it, it, it began. It began there and still, you know, you still mess up, but really where it landed for me, Paul was just a very recent conversation you and I had because I like noise. And then, and then this Dallas Willard devotion that we're doing and all of these disciplines and we got to the silence one and I was like, <laughs> I don't really like silence and I like TV. Right. Same. I, I like TV. I love TV. Yeah. You know, just watching something inane. I don't like to become emotionally involved in a television show if I don't have to. It depends on how good it is. Um, you know, I'm a King of Queens kind of guy. Just give me about 25 minutes and, and I'm good. <laughs> or, right. You know, Gilligan's Island or something ridiculous. And um, But even just the noise, I would have it on right. throughout the day. I could be in here working. TV's on. Okay. I would leave the house, Paul. And leave the TV on <laughs> and come home with TVs on. And if I went downstairs, I had music on. But I was working in my little sign shop and music playing. So right. I just, you know, it's, I'm, I, I'm filling my mind with everything but nothing. Right. You get in the car, radio's on. Yeah. Same. So you and I had, you know, and then we did this, uh, we're working on this devotion now with Dallas Witter, the, the disciplines. And one of them is silence. And then you and I, we talked the other day and you had the day off and you made that statement. You know, you said, uh, I'm just going to turn everything off. I'm not turning the TV on. And dude, that really convicted me, you know, and not in a bad way. See, and Duke is agreeing with me, your dog. And uh, so it really did. And I, and that's when I started thinking that, you know, going a further a step further, a big step further in this proximity. And uh, I realized after I got done talking to you that, my gosh, my life is noisy. Mm. Oh, so noisy. So the very next day, this is my third day to where I have not turned the television on during the day at all. 
Okay. I wait till after Janet and I have dinner and then we'll sit down and turn some, yeah. something on. Working downstairs, no music, even getting in the car. It's just me and my thoughts and God. Yeah. And um, so, and I'm finding it easier. And the thing that about the proximity that really has been standing out to me and um, kind of getting a glimpse is is trying to get to that place in my life. And I really, this is not some existential nebulous kind of thing. It's getting so close to him that all of my stress, worry, fear, anxiety, expectation, jealousy, envy, bitterness, judgment, malice, every little thing, the annoying things that some of the people you work with or just, you know, the guy at the gas station that cuts you off at the pump, those little things to where I can get to the point. I really do. I want to get to that point where nothing moves me but God. Yeah. Nothing does. And I know that you can. That is a possibility. Yeah. And it's like I think, at, you know, at times we, we, we twist things to where, you know, well, that's just life. You know, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. So we're just waiting to leave. And that's not the case. You know, we, we, you and I talk a lot about being Eden now. And, yeah. uh, the, you know, the whole concept of the cosmic car wash is that who we are now matters because who we are now is going to be who we are then. Yeah. And um, so... Amen, Duke. And uh, so that has, and I find that when I, I really shut everything out, all the noise, and I focus on him, those little things, those annoying things, I'm not constantly watching my six, you know, I mean, I do anyway, a little bit, but I, all of that stuff starts to um, dissipate, and it gets yeah. for a little bit further and further away from me. So there is something to be said about that proximity. And I mean, Psalms 91, at one point I had the whole thing memorized top to bottom and I, I couldn't even get there now, but he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide in the shadow of the almighty. He yeah. shall say of the Lord, you are my rock and my refuge, my God in whom I trust. Why would somebody write that? I think that's, David wrote it. I think, I'm not sure if he was the actual author of Psalms 91, but because it's true. Because it's attainable, because you can. Yeah. And um, so, and I, again, I don't know the uh, the address. I know the town it's in. It's in the Bible. Um, draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto you. Resist the devil and he will flee. Yeah. So that's, that's, where, that's my goal, man. That's where I'm going with this. That's the proximity that I want to embrace is to get to that point. I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's unattainable. I do not think it's some pie in the sky because all you have to do is look back through history at the men and women who lived that way. Nothing shook them. Nothing rattled them. And they were consistent. They were people of peace, people of joy, and people of incredible faith. Yeah. And, and that's what I want. I, I want. I don't want to visit that either. I don't want to one day, random day, you know, a year, whatever from now. I'd like, Oh, that's it. Oh gosh. That's amazing. Wonderful. All right. Check. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. So that's kind of 
where um, this whole thing, you know, birthed from. And I think, it, or yeah, just kind of came to life for me was that. And, um, and a lot of it has to do with our friendship and and uh, just some of the things God has showed you and then you've shown me and, you know, back and forth. And uh, it's it's a beautiful thing. And I really want, I think, the closer and the more that I work for this and begin to be more comfortable with silence than with noise, and then uh, that's I'm getting closer and closer. And I think that's where Enoch lived. Yeah. He knew That's that. Good. Yeah. He knew that place and he was more comfortable there than anywhere else was just taking a walk with God. Yeah. Talking with his father. If you know, if you can imagine taking a walk with, you know, a really good friend or uh, you know, your spouse or or someone that you really admire and trust and uh and just having that conversation walking on you know, like on some pastoral scene, you know, by a, a pond or something like that. You yeah. know, that, yeah, that's kind of my whole vision of that is that. Yeah. So no, no matter where I am or what I'm doing, I'm very aware of his presence. All yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking back here at the comments from the devotions. Uh, I think particularly the one about silence, yeah. Uh, John Ortberg is the one who is uh, leading this um, devotion, and he was a good friend of Dallas Willard, and so he's using Dallas Willard's book, The Spirit of the Disciplines, as kind of the text for this. But uh, regarding silence, he says, people who love each other can be silent together. And I'm the same way as you. I... As soon as I jump in the truck, I'm putting on a podcast, I'm putting on worship music, you know, I enjoy listening to country music, you know, I'm at home, um, I generally have music on, Amy and I will sit down in the evenings and watch TV together, and uh, even when we sleep, I have we have a little white noise machine so that there's just constant, and you know, and not that that stuff is bad. Right. You know, I mean, the podcasts I'm listening to are Wild at Heart with John Eldridge and the Bible Project, and they definitely have good things to say. And, um, but yeah, there's something to be said for can I be alone in the quiet and just give God space to speak to me? Right. And so, yeah, I think proximity to God and that quietness with God maybe you're synonymous with one another and you know to talk about one is to talk about the other um and it's not a it's not a problem with God it's a problem with me as if I've always got noise going on that I'm just not available to hear God because and and Amy will tell you this I cannot listen to two people talk at the same time if the TV's on and there's stuff going on I cannot focus on what she's saying it's Maybe it's a character flaw or something. Uh, but yeah, same thing. If there's music with lyrics on, it's really hard for me to pay attention to a conversation going on in the room because my brain just... So yeah, I need that quiet space with God to draw near. And as we were kind of uh, getting set up for this podcast, the one verse that kept coming out to me was uh, Psalm seventy-three twenty-eight. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will do. I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. And I don't genuinely like the King James just because of the antiquated language, but I do like the way the King James says this: 
the nearness of God is my good. Hmm. Wow. And yeah, just it's good to have him near. And I have the same experience as you that uh, when I devote time and attention to drawing close to God and being in that silence, I do find myself more peaceful, more uh, just surrendered, you know, situations at work that would normally be stressful don't seem to affect me as much. I don't, you know, get irritated as easily. Um, you know, I can be a little, you know, uh, I can wear my feelings on my sleeve sometimes and get, you know, heard about certain things. And the closer I am to God, the more I feel like that's, you know, just that stuff starts to fade away. So. Yeah, I I know exactly how you feel. Uh, Just a little sidebar. You're talking about competing noises and trying to have a conversation. I I am completely the opposite uh, on that spectrum. I can remember. Oh, yeah. We play around the lake in a little three piece group. And uh, and uh, I remember back in Illinois, we were playing at uh, VFW. I think, or the Knights of Columbus or something. They hired us all the time. And so we're playing in there one night and they'd have a big dinner. And it was, we were just more like wallflowers, but some people would dance. Anyway, the Blackhawks were in the playoffs. Okay. They've got them giant screens. Blackhawks are on. We're playing. They're right in front of me. I am playing a song, singing the song, watching the game at the same time. And then I remember thinking, while this is all happening, I really, this is going on. (laughs) my overcrowded coconut and I'm, and I'm thinking wow i should probably pay attention to what i'm doing but my gosh man, man this is a really good game and i'm doing this while i'm singing a song oh my gosh and uh makes my head I, explode i told janet at the end of it i said i might i don't know what's going on. this was all happening right at the same time i'm playing singing watching a game and then talking to myself in my head wow. so yeah, so there's a lot. I mean, a lot of noise, and uh, like your white noise at night. I have a fan; it can right. be forty below, and that fan's gonna be on. Yeah, has to be on. Otherwise, yeah. I, I just it's the silence is just suffocating. You know. Yeah. So this is new for me. In the first two days, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is such a new experience, and this is wonderful." And then today, this afternoon. It was like an ex-smoker, you know. Where's the remote? I got to turn the remote on. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I, you know, yeah. So it's yeah. that, yeah, it's that noise. And so noise. I'd love to get to then, like, what's what's the goal? I mean, it's not that we're doing this for us. I mean, the the goal is to be near God. Ultimately, that's the thing, right? Is to have God near. But I guess. What are the benefits that you're looking to get from this? I mean, beyond just, um, sorry, my, you can hear my puppy barking here. Maybe we'll try to edit this out, but. It's a um, dog, no biggie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I asked that question because as I'm going through the John Eldridge uh, one minute pause app, um, he's talking about um, resilience and. Uh, He says, we have to be honest about the nature of the relationship, meaning the relationship with God. The resilience that we seek is is reserved for those who treasure God above all things. We can't dabble in God and live mostly with the world. The Scottish pastor and poet George MacDonald wrote, 
Man finds it hard to get what he wants because he does not want the best. God finds it hard to give because he would give the best and man will not take it. Uh, and then John Eldridge continues, what Jesus wants to give above all else is himself, if we would choose him above all else. And I think for me, I'll answer my own question. Uh, life is crazy and stressful and our economy and our culture. And if you spend, you know, half a second reading the news, you'll see that right. uh, the world outside of Jesus is not getting better. It's not no. getting more peaceful in spite of all of our go green diversity and inclusion, you know, equality efforts, it's not working. And so if I'm going to be Eden now, if I'm going to be a portrait for people to look at and see what Jesus was like when he walked the earth, then I need to have some resilience so that I can live in the world and not be impacted uh, in a negative way that it, I can, you know, maintain the peace of God in the midst of that storm, like we saw Jesus do in, you know, the hardest week of his life. So right. I just wonder what that looks like for you, Rick. Well, I see. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said, 100 percent. But I think it goes we can go as far as we want. Yeah. Like we can get as close to God as we want. And, and um, to me, what that looks like is, uh, uh, gosh, becoming like him to where we're not like you said, we're not just maintaining. We're not. um you know, holding on to the status quo of what a Christian is described as or looks like, or yeah. it's, it's changing things around you. Yeah. And, it, and w w sometimes without effort, right? Just your presence, because you, you know, if your presence is just thick with the presence of God, then you're carrying Eden, you're carrying heaven. Yes. You're you're you are a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You are an epicenter of heaven and earth coming together. You, okay. you, we become living sanctuaries. We become that place where heaven and earth literally come together, and yeah. combine, and the presence of God is there, alive, living, moving, and active. And right. um, and I I truly believe that is. Um, it is something attainable, not just attainable. I think that's what God wants. That was his original desire is, yeah. for, is for that very thing. And for too long and so long, um, you know, Christianity, you know, and all I know really is Western Christianity and, and uh, is just holding on and holding out. Right. It's waiting. It's waiting for something. It's waiting for something to change. It's hunkering down. And I love, you know, Dr. Michael Heiser, when he talked about Pan's Grotto and when Jesus told Peter on this rock, it was an actual rock. We talked about this, you yes. know, and well, we'll pitch my tent right here at the gates of hell and the, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I, like a probably probably like a lot of people, a lot of believers. You know, I read that as you know, hunker down and hang on. You know, pass the beans and bullets in the Bible, and that's not what it means. It means yeah. heaven is delivering the beating. Yes, and, but, 
we're not delivering a beating, obviously. Maybe we're pushing back the darkness, but it is a place of rescue to where That's I would cool. like to I would like to be a part of heaven on earth. I yeah. would like to be a part of Eden now. Um and I've been praying recently too, lately, you know, for the anointing. And a lot of people say, you know, like things like that. And I remember going to church, a church where the leadership there were, they were concerned about visitors damaging the anointing. I love and, your response to that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you remember what you told me the first time. Yeah. And Jesus kicked down the gates of hell. like. Yeah, you said the anointing died, buried, and went to hell and came back. I'm pretty sure it can handle some rowdy teenagers. Or it's just visitors, you know. Right. Yeah. So um, that's where, and to take it a step further, is that anointing, it is, it is the anointing that breaks every yoke. Yeah. There's not any yoke. There's not any sin. There's not any... Uh, anything in that anointing that can withstand it. Yes. And yeah. um, that's why Jesus was able to do what he did. That's why the apostles were able to do what they did. And people throughout the centuries, people that loved God and really were devoted to him. And when they laid hands on the sick, they got better. Yeah. But, you know, and, uh, but it's, it's even more than that. You know, I would love to be that. I was part of, you know, I got to, be at the Smith and Revival, you know, the church you yeah. grew up in, man. Yeah. And before I knew you, I leaned over in the old sanctuary. I was one of the, I was the first out of state visitor. And I tried cool. to lift my hands to sing during that first song. You know, and there was such an electricity there. It was, and I remember the music started and I lift my hands and I doubled over the seat and sob, yeah. like ugly, ugly sob. And yeah. because that there was, he was so close. Yeah. It, and I still remember it. I still get close when I think about it. And I want, I, I personally, and I, I believe that every, most people, if not all, would like to meet God. Yes. I really do. I believe that. But it, we've become, everything has been strained and, and um, convoluted in this, you know, oh gosh, for lack of a better description, just this Western version of Christianity and, and, uh, prosperity and, you know, a good life and a long life and happy kids and a picket fence and two and a half cars and vacations, you know, in the Hamptons and, yeah. um, and then leave before God smotes the earth like an angry child with a broken toy. Right. So, uh, no. That's he's coming back to make all things new. The GR is the great renewal. Yes, and uh, I I think that that whole proximity to to get there, I don't think you can get there all the way. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was talking to him the other day and thinking about this, and I think the deeper you go, the deeper it gets. The deeper 100%. you go with God, the deeper he gets. That's why the 24 elders every time. They fall on their faces and they sing, holy, 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 because they see yeah. aspects of God they've never seen over and over and over and over. 
Yes. And what an incredible place. Considering, and again, this, you know, sounds, wow, this is we're weird, you know, kind of crazy. But yet we were all created in the image of God. Every single human being carries the DNA of our father. Yes. Every single human. No one is beyond his reach. That's right. No one is beyond his reach. That's and, right. And, uh, you know, the uh, people that annoy you, um, uh, come on. God is, I, all you gotta do is look in the Old Testament, look in the New Testament, just start reading about people and you realize, okay, I guess I, I'm not that bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he literally, he, he wants to be close to every single one of us and you're 100% right. And it's the closer I get to God, the more easy it, the easier it is to accept that. Right. But, uh, yeah, there's nobody beyond his reach. And I've got people in my life that uh, it's it's not been an easy road to right. forgiveness. But the, mo- the more I experience of God and then realize, wait, I'm not unique in that sense <laughs> that God wants to be close to me, closer to me than anybody else. Like he wants <laughs> to invite everybody else into this. Right. And he's big enough to handle it all. Like that's one of the most amazing things about God. And you're a hundred percent right. That the deeper you go in him, the more there is to experience is that he can handle deep, intimate, close personal relationships with every single person on the planet. And it doesn't tax his abilities one single bit, you know, and as a matter of fact, and this just kind of stuck out to me the other day as I was, uh, I think it was listening to uh, the book of Peter on Bible, you know, like through the, the Version Bible app, um, or maybe it was a devotion I was doing or a, a meditation I was doing, but essentially it was that, you know, Jesus gave us his glory so that we could be in union with the Father. Like that, that glory that he revealed at Cana by turning the water into wine, that limitless, creative, generative, celebratory power and life is specifically meant to draw us closer to him. You know, and even as you were talking about Jesus at the Mount Hermon um, and Pan's Grotto, where he said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Yeah. Michael Heiser did a great job of bringing that language out. It's the church that's delivering the beating. And we have uh, an idea, at least in Western Christianity, which is our experience Uh, We have an idea of what we think spiritual warfare looks like, but maybe spiritual warfare just means I'm getting closer to Jesus and I'm growing more like Jesus in character, in my nature, in my desires, that I am by virtue of who I am as I show up in the world, in my life, at my job, in my marriage, with my friends, I am doing spiritual warfare not yes. by, you know, sweating when I pray and screaming and no bent arms and all of that, but just right. by being like Jesus, we are pushing back darkness. And that's right. that's that proximity that we're talking about. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. I think spiritual warfare is love. Yes. Um, yeah, that's it. I, um, you know, talking about people and situations and events that have happened over the course of your life and some distant and some not so distant Mm -hmm. and those little 
foxes and those little splinters that yeah you know get in your hide and i found i have finding that those those instances and those moments and and the people attached and associated with those moments is that the more that i pray for them even people i don't like <laughs> yep and I start praying for them. And, and uh, it was hard at first, but I've been doing it for some time now and praying for them. And, and then and what happens, Paul, is something turns in me. Yeah. It just flips. The script flips and it becomes very genuine. And it didn't do that at first. But the more that I did and the more that I pressed in, it really began to change my heart. I mean, I can feel it now. And I begin to really, truly, genuinely pray for people that I didn't want to pray for. Right. And um, it, that that's where that release comes. And, uh, and then it becomes very genuine and to see God work in them and bless them and, and it, that they would experience a shalom and promotion and favor and, and not to make their lives more comfortable, but that kindness, according to the word, it is kindness that leads us to repentance, yeah. leads us to change, leads us to him. That kind in the midst of all that that's happening. And then they stop and think, why is God being so nice to me? Yeah. And that's that breaking where their heart breaks. And so, I mean, that is the one thing that helps me because, boy, you know, I could carry a grudge, man, but I can't. I, and the closer that I get and I want to be, there's been a handful of times. I remember a time in Ludlow, Illinois, I'm sitting on the couch playing my guitar. Nobody's home. I'm just kind of worshiping. I got my eyes shut. and I knew he was sitting right next to me. Hmm. I knew it. And I was afraid to open my eyes. And he told me to do some things and I did them. Basically, I gave away stuff I, I didn't have to give, but I gave it. Yeah. But I was afraid to open my eyes because I knew it was right there. And then another time in the car driving around uh, the western suburb was doing sales and it was traffic and it was hot one of those days and I'm sitting there and it was like he literally was sitting right there to where I was mm. I didn't want to look because I, I wanted him to be sitting there yeah and um, I don't want those moments you know and some people would say you know well that's kind of cute and you know, but I, I don't want them to be cute. I want them to be real. I want them to be life changing, not change a moment, not change one moment in my life, not to change an hour, not to change a ride home or a Sunday afternoon at a farmhouse. I want them. I want that to become who I am. Yeah. So that every day from here on out for the rest of my life, that every step that I take every second of every minute of every hour of every day i'm in the closest proximity to god and just getting closer yeah that's that's it to where one he does return it's like stepping over a crack on a sidewalk yeah just natural like it's okay as natural it can be hey i've been waiting for you <laughs> yeah oh man yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we're never going to get there on our own steam, but the goal on this side of the return of Jesus and the renewal of all things 
is to just be as open as we possibly can to Jesus flowing through us. And I mean, it's his love and it's his kindness that's touching the world. And we just get invited into this amazing partnership. Exactly. And yeah. That's uh that's a really beautiful way of, of thinking about that. So, yeah. And it's, it's possible. It's yeah. more possible than I think people realize, you know, 100%. yeah. And I'm just kind of, I, I feel like I'm just getting a, a little grasp of something that's so much bigger that I can even ask or imagine. I'm just getting that little glimpse. Yeah. And um, I want to see as much of it as I can. That's good. That's good. So, yep. All right. Well, thank you, my friend, for talking about this. I know I always finish these episodes feeling like, oh, man, and what did we not cover? But I guess there's always going to be something that we don't oh, yeah. get to. But hopefully... You know, if you're listening to this, it has elicited some kind of a response in you that, you know, you're feeling the same poll, but you're not sure if it's possible. And, you know, you wish you had people around you that would encourage you to, to do this. We would love it if you would connect with us. Absolutely. Um, you can reach out to us at info at the cosmic car wash dot com. Uh, Rick and I, you know, we're both on. Uh, the Version Bible app, and we've got a great little community of people that right. participate in these devotions, commenting every day. Some do, some don't. You know, it's uh, just at your convenience. Um, and yeah, we have a lot of people that I know just read them and, you know, appreciate people's insight and don't comment. But um, yeah, we just want to help and encourage and, and right. love people with... Uh, the God, the love that God has shown us, you know, right? Help yeah. people get closer to Jesus. Yeah, you may not have a church. You might be listening to this, stumbled across it, you're watching it because there was two dudes on YouTube, and you're trying to figure out what they were talking about, what they were saying, and you're feeling that tug, and you don't, you're not going to church. You wouldn't even know where to begin. Well, you can start with us, yeah, you version, because really that little community is a little church that we have, Paul. Yeah, and. We've been doing it for over five years, every single day. You can come on when you want. It's not a certain time. It's not a Zoom call. It's just a devotion with a handful of people. Many of them I've never met. And, uh, but a lot, we're there every single day and we read the scriptures and, and, uh, you know, Mitzi, if you say something about prayer, she'll pray for you right then and there. <laughs> I love that love about it. her. Yes. I really do. You say something, yep. she'll start typing her prayer right there on the spot. Yeah. And uh, it's just very cool. And it's been a place of growth for me, uh, yes. for both of us. I know that. And uh, yeah, Joey's and a pastor. Jeff is a youth pastor or a kid's pastor. Oh, yeah, Larry is there now. He's our new pastor at our church. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, Larry, where, I don't know how to pronounce his, his last name, but he told us, just think, where's your house keys? <laughs> where's your house keys? So, <laughs> Larry, where's your house keys? Nice. <laughs> so, nice. Uh, yeah, but he's a pastor. So, okay. yeah, we have awesome. uh, three pastors. Jeff Hunter's a pastor. Yep. He's a, a kid's pastor. You pay, and then he does uh, motorcycle ministry. And he's a great guy. He pastored yeah. in Cheyenne with my daughter when she was little. So just yeah. a good guy. So we have pastors with us. So it, we have like this little online church. So you might be that person doesn't know where to go. Well, we're, we're inviting you to our little digital sanctuary. There we go. Yeah. yeah. All right. And what we always say, 
what we always say, because it's yeah. the most important thing, is God is not mad at you. That's right. Doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, who you are. He's not mad. Yep. Good right. stuff. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate uh, you. Pleasure's all mine.